Hey everybody, welcome to Money Lab Live. My name is Matt Givanisi. Welcome, moneylab.co. Uh, if you're on right now, let me know in the chat. I want to see your name. I want to see. Uh, I want to say hello. I can see Justin is here. Thank you. Going to be good. I appreciate that. Uh, I have an entire card here of things that I want to talk about in this in this show. Uh, mainly, uh, I'm going to go over everything right now, and then we'll sort of figure it out. So um, just real quick, if you're there, let me know that you can hear me because I'm by myself today. I do not have a guest. Um, so I don't know if I'm talking to nobody or if I'm just around, if, you can, if my voice is even coming through, if the microphone is even working. Adrian's here. Hey, thank you, Adrian. Again, Justin's here. Appreciate it. Um, and again, if anybody's here, just let me know. Just so, okay. Good day. Thank you, Nathan. What's up? Money Lab Pro. Hell yeah. Okay, it's weird because I'm staring directly at myself, and this is bizarre, and it's also delayed. So uh, today, we're going to be talking about building a profitable digital product. This is something I've done multiple times over, um, and I'm going to go through my entire process. So we're going to talk about idea formulation, so even how to come up with you know, the entire idea for your digital product. Uh, we're going to talk about planning and outlining, whether it's an online video course or you know, an ebook. Can, can work with that. Uh, we're going to talk about scripting, then filming, editing and uploading, uh, pricing and sales, a little bit of marketing, and I'm going to talk a little bit about ebooks here at the end. Okay, I can see everybody. Thank you so much. We have Walt is here. We have Ben, Caitlin, uh, Jara. I'm going to say Jara. Uh, Tim is here. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me today. Um, so let's just jump into it. I'm going to share my screen and go through uh, a bunch of different things here. So real quick, I want to talk about um, all of the, these posts. So I have, uh, I've actually documented my process for creating digital products multiple times. Um, one of them, or there's, I think there's, yeah, there's three of them on moneylab.co. So one's called moneylab.co slash big course. So this is how to build and sell a big online course in seven days. Uh, I did this to create my, uh, oh, J-Raj, J-Raj. All right, cool. Um, so I ended up doing this uh, in seven days, and this was for my SEO for bloggers course, which is like my flagship course, like my absolute biggest course. I did it in actually, I think, five days? I think at the end of this article, it ended up being only five days. Um, the first course that I did was this one here. This one is Asana for bloggers. So this was a course that I had done and I've actually already have updated since I did this one. And this one uh, was about six days. The The, the refresh uh, took me a bit longer just because I wasn't trying to do it in seven days. I was just trying to just get a refresh done. Um, another one that I did was I built a course in three days and this is a course that I sell on my Swim University website. So it is uh, it was something that I actually had to do very, very quickly because I was uh, getting a new gym equipment machine and I needed to take down my studio that I had built in my office. And so I needed to film this course in three days. Um, and so I am uh, gonna go through all of those. There's also two other courses that I created, um, but they're actually in Money Lab Pro. So 
Uh, what I have is I in recently I did a home brewing course, and I'm going to explain that one because that one was actually totally different. Um, and so we'll go over that. So I did a home brewing course for my website brewcabin.com, and I also uh, there's an in inside Money Lab Pro. There's also a a course uh, in the affiliate marketing course, which I'm going to be changing soon. Um, but there's an entire uh, course on how I built. Page speed for bloggers, which is another course you get with Money Lab Pro. I built that in 30 days. I mean, actually, I built it in seven days, but I just elongated it because I was building it with people in the community. Same with uh, the challenge here, where I built a course in 28 days. It did take me 28 days, and there's a story behind it, and you can check that out in Money Lab Pro. But let's first talk about idea formulation, just real quick. So if we go back to uh, this one, I know they all kind of look the same on screen, but this is where I built my Asana for Bloggers course. This is the first course that I built for Money Lab for online business. And the way that I came up with this one, it's like, why would you do uh, this course first? You know, technically, the first product, the first digital product I ever made was a hot tub ebook for some university back in 2012, 2013. Uh, and the reason I chose to do an ebook was because I read a book by Nathan Barry called Authority, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to actually just follow exactly what he says. I created this book, this ebook. I sold it for 50 bucks. No one really bought it. And the reason I chose Hot Tub over Pool, because my, my, my website's mostly pool owners, and I really don't have a large audience of Hot Tub owners, although they're there. The reason I chose Hot Tub was because I it was September and the pool season was over. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to make a product, I want to make a product that I can literally put up on the shelf and sell like in that moment and know that um, my idea has been val validated. So I don't really go through all this whole like, you know, I know a lot of people talk about idea validation. I don't really do that. Um, my idea is validated because I have an audience of people and I know what they want, you know, and it's just me knowing exactly what the people in my audience want. And the way that I came up with, you know, the hot tub and pool course is just, I just made the the course to teach them the thing, like the main thing on that, you know, teach you how to take care of your pool, teach you how to take care of your hot tub. Not really that difficult to figure out. That said, um, with this course, this was my Asana for bloggers course, which is what I created on Money Lab, which was the, really like the third product I ever made. Uh, this came about because I ended up having to do a demo. So I, I've been running my blog, my multiple blogs on Asana, using Asana as my uh, editorial calendar. And so I, you know, my friend Jason Moore, who will be on the show at some point, he runs Zero to Travel and Location Indie. And so, uh, you know, I was, he was in town when I, when I first moved here. And so I got to talk to him personally and, uh, he saw my sort of workflow on how to, you know, write blog posts and, and create an editorial calendar with my team using Asana. And he was like, he did this. My blow. Yeah. So he comes around and he's like, look, I got this friend. His name is Ethan. He does a tiny house site. Um, I, you need to show him your setup. And I was like, okay, I'll show him my setup. So we jumped on Skype. I showed him my entire setup. And then I was like, and he, well, he was like, mind blow. So 
already that's two people who are like, this is amazing. And then Jason literally said to me, you should make a course on this. And then that's how it happened. That was it. Two people who I blew their mind with how I set up my system because I'm just an organized person. And that was not, you know, I didn't really, I didn't look at that as a course when I was doing it. I was just doing it. Um, so that's how I created this. And it was a, it was like my second money lab experiment. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this course. I've been, you know, running my website on Asana for, I don't know, probably two years prior to even making the course. And so I had my system really dialed in. So I knew the subject matter. That's my idea of formulation is that I knew the subject matter and someone told me, Hey, I would like to learn about that. Cool. I'm going to make a course. And what I did, and I'm just going to go through all of the things here. So when it comes to planning and outlining, let me show you what I did for um, my home brewing course. I'm going to jump around here because they all have different sort of like mechanisms. But real quick before we get to that, uh, we got Paula's picks here. WP Eagle. What's up, Alex? We have Hassan is here. Shaheen. Shaheen. Shaheen, I'm going to say that, but tell me if I'm wrong. Um, and yeah, thank you everybody for joining. Appreciate it. Um, okay. So moving on to planning and outlining, here's how I do planning and outlining. It's really not that difficult. Uh, and the reason I do it this way is because I know the subject matter. I don't create products that I don't understand fundamentally from the very beginning. Like I didn't make, this is my homebrewing course. I didn't make a homebrewing course because I just learned how to homebrew two days ago. And I'm like, well, now I'm qualified to teach it. So I'm just going to teach you homebrewing. I've been doing it for 15 years. Um, and I've been slowly ramping up my game and improving my process over time. And I feel, you know, as, like an expert in a way, and I will say expert in quotes, but I feel very confident in my ability to make a good beer. Um, and so, what I do is I sit down usually in front of a blank Word doc. So I don't have a word a blank Word doc here because that would be really boring to see. Um, I sit in front of a blank Word doc. I create a I create, and I just start writing bullets. Now, I just start thinking of things, and I'll just I'll literally write down here. So if you can see here on the side, and let me see if I can um, real quick blow this up a bit. So let me go deeper, deeper into the hole. Okay, so you can see all that. So like, you know, this is kind of mixed, but um, I have fast force carbonation techniques, something I wrote down. Hey, Susan, I see you there. Um, so you have this, I'm like, okay, I know how to force carbonate it. I know how to force carbonate beer and I have multiple ways on doing that. That's an idea. And these are the things that I'm actually doing in real time. So maybe I'm just sitting there going, all right, um, let me think. Uh, yeah, I got to do some yeast harvesting. I got to do some, uh, I got to keg it. And I have this whole zero oxygen kegging technique. And I'm going to just start writing down things. Canning, sure. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about, you know, dry hopping because we're going to do a dry hopped beer, blah, blah, blah. And I just start writing things down. No order in particular. Just kind of like, you know, as many, many things as I can write down. These eventually become lessons or they're concepts that get broken up into lessons. If we're doing an ebook, this these would be the same thing as chapters. So I just again write a huge uh, Google Doc, and then I kind of look through it and make sure like I have everything. I'll also start to go on the web, like on a website. So I'll go, you know, let's see, I'll go to uh, you know Google.com, this unique website where you can learn things. 
What's up, Rick? Um, so you go here and you're like, all right, I got to do, um, let's see, uh, yeast harvesting. So I'll type in yeast harvesting, you know, for homebrew. And then I'll just start, you know, opening up screens and new tabs. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, videos, meh, maybe. Ooh, my own article down here. SEO. Yeah, sure, let's open it. So I'll just start opening these all up. And I do quick scans. So I'll just look for like, I mean, this is terrible. It's <laughs> a terribly formatted article. Um, I'm going to skip it. Uh, cool. What is yeast harvesting? Pros and cons. How do you do it? Harvest it from a slurry. Harvest it from a starter. Harvest it from a bottle. Storing yeast. These end up being completely new lessons or bullet points underneath the original lesson. Now, I don't actually do this research until I, you know, I may do this research prior to come up, coming up with my massive list, right? And then I'll start to like go, okay, um, these three items, like, so maybe I came up with and just kind of like literally copy and pasting, throwing, just throwing shit into, into a Word doc, right? Or into a Google doc. Word doc, who uses Word? You use Google, right? It's online and it instantly saves. So I just start highlighting, sticking it in, highlighting, sticking it in. And then sometimes in the, um, when I'm still in that Google doc, I'll start to go, you know, uh, if I'm talking about yeast washing, maybe, you know, storing yeast is a part of that. You know, maybe harvesting from a bottle is a different lesson. Maybe harvesting in general is its own lesson. And so I'll start to make decisions on, you know, once I've kind of like spitballed every single idea and done my research and, and like looked at websites and just put as much effort into getting all of the ideas out of my brain into a Word doc. That's pretty much the first step. From there, I'll start to take those ideas and go, okay, I have a pretty good idea that I want to do, you know, an article or sorry, an either a chapter or a lesson about yeast harvesting. There's plenty, there's plenty here. Um, and so I'll start to go, I'll open up Asana, right? And in Asana, this is where I'll start to create lessons. Let me pull back a little tiny bit. Okay. So this is my sort of course board. This is the same setup that I use for, for most things. Now I know like Asana, we can do lists and you can do boards, you know, so if you're using Trello, it's the same exact thing, right? So I have an ideas column. Ideas column is lesson ideas. They could be worksheet ideas. They could be bonus video ideas. They could be marketing ideas. I just kind of throw everything in this one column. And then I have an on deck process. The on deck is really my lessons, okay? So here's an idea. So I have this right sitting right here. If you can see this, it says the dry hop saturation point lesson. I did not, this is a lesson idea that I had after creating the product. And what's great about this is that, or it's great about doing any sort of digital product is I don't, you know, in that first draft, you know, that first Google doc, I don't have to sit there and come up with every idea ever, right? All I have to do is come up with every idea that I have. That's a pretty good course. And then I'm going to have more ideas later as I'm developing the course. And so I stick them here and then I'll do them later and I can add them later. And then I can send out an email later. That's like, Hey, 
you got a new lesson. Marketing. Anyway, so I have this lesson here, the dry hop saturation point. Okay, so I'm gonna move it over into, that was weird. I'm just gonna move it over into the uh, on deck, right? Cause this is something I wanna do. Now from this column, and this is why I do it here and not in a Google doc. Now my, my goal is to get those bullet points into cards and those cards are my lesson, okay? And I title them, like this is where I'm gonna do like actual title of the lesson. So I'm sitting there and going like yeast harvesting. Well, what's the actual title? I just, here I just wrote yeast harvesting, but for like, maybe I just wrote down forced carbonation. Is this gonna move this screen every time I do this? Isn't that weird? Um, so I wrote fast forced carbonation techniques, right? I may change that title later in where I wherever I upload my you know, video course, my video lesson or whatever. But for now, that's just what I write. Um, and we'll see if I if I did anything in this one. Yeah, I have to go back a little bit. So uh, this is where we're gonna get to planning. So again, uh, with planning, let me let me um, let me bring this in a little bit. Cool. So uh, what I what the reason I move it from Google Doc bullet points into cards is because with cards I can shift around. It's like you know what um, this lesson needs to come before this lesson. This chapter needs to come after this one. Whatever. So this is just really easy for me to go like all right, order it all up. Great. So it's I once I get it ordered, then I'm gonna do all of the work in order, right? Now I'm gonna start scripting these out. Now with scripting, depending on what you're doing, if you're writing a book, obviously you're writing everything, right? If you're, oh, by the way, um, if you have any questions during all of this, as I'm going like quickly through, you know, all of this stuff, please ask them and I'll bring them up on screen and I'll, and I'll answer them for you in real time. Uh, so, oh, well, you still use Word? It's okay. It's okay. I don't even, it's like I'm on a Mac. It's like, I know they make Word for Mac, but I just want that Insta save, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, so Diego, I see your uh, comment. What's cool is uh, I can now favorite comments and then I can check them off, go check them later. Mm, answer them in a row. All right, here we go. So I got my lessons in order. If I do my scripting directly in Asana. And the reason I do it that way is because Asana's description has a lot, you know, it has formatting. And I'm like, well, why would I have to open up a separate Google Doc and then have to link them up? You know, I don't know why, you know, it just feels right to have it all here. And then as I'm creating the lesson, whether it's like, whether I'm on camera, I could just pull up Asana. And then when I'm done, I just move it. I move it to the next card, which was in, you know, I can do, actually, you know what, do I have? Yeah, so on deck, you can you can create a column called filming, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so I just start writing. I'm, I spend my time in Asana and I start writing my scripts out. Now with the way that I do my lessons, the way that I do, you know, courses, video courses, not necessarily, um, you know, eBooks for obvious reasons. I'm pretty much just writing out bullet points. I know the material so well; it's in my head. I live and breathe it. And so therefore I can just write bullet points and then when I'm on camera or 
if I'm behind a microphone and I have slides up, I can just read the bullet point or see the bullet point and then just riff, really. And so that's how I'm able to get stuff done really fast is I don't spend a lot of time in scripting. Um, I get my ideas out, I get them down, and then I and then I move on, right? So um, moving on from there, so this is scripting. I mean, I do it all on Asana, which is, again, I kind of live and breathe. If, if you don't know, uh, Asana is my favorite thing ever. If it's not an Asana, it doesn't get done, and that includes my personal life. Uh, I have, like, reoccurring tasks. It's like, take out the trash, and then it tells me what trash day it is because I can do that in Asana. And Asana's on my phone. It's the It's, like, pretty much my dumping ground for everything. That and Google Drive is pretty much all I really need. To, to do any sort of like productivity stuff. Um, so let me, let me take a break from sharing my screen. Let's get into some questions now about the, you know, let's, let's pull up. Let me just real quick, uh, move this down. Great. Um, okay. So how do you, so Diego says, how do you get the scope for the course? Right. Should I go broad or go niche? This is an absolutely great question because I I wrestled with this exact thing uh, when I was developing my homebrewing course. With my homebrewing course, uh, I ended up doing this thing where um, I kept saying, I want to develop like the all-encompassing homebrewing course. That includes extract brewing, all-grain brewing, like all these different like subsets of homebrewing. And in my head, I thought, yeah, that's like the massive idea, right? And then I got like crazy overwhelmed with, oh my God, I have to like do extract? That's like a whole course in and of itself. Well, I committed to this broad, big ass like course that I want to develop. Christ, how much is that going to cost? Uh, also, am I going to have any, like, you know how hard it's going to be to, you know, really when I thought about it. I thought about the audience, you know, as, you know, being a home brewer, I am not an extract brewer. So to me, if someone's selling me an all-encompassing home brewing course, right, and the pitch is it includes all grain and it includes extract, I'd be like, well, I don't care about extract. That's not who I am. Um, you know, with Asana for bloggers, it's not a course on how to use Asana. It's a course on how to use Asana for bloggers, people who are trying to create blog posts and editorial calendar. Um, there are other lessons in there, like how to, you know, how I do courses and create digital products, how I sell sponsorships using Asana, because I use Asana for pretty much everything. Um, so there are lessons in there, but that's not how I'm marketing it. That's not how I'm pitching it to people. So for the most part, I'm just like figuring out the right audience that I want to sell to and then just go like, boom, and that's who it's for. Now for like the homebrewing side, I, I decided, you know what? And, and Steph helped me decide this, which was, okay, I have all of these like things that I could do, but what do I do? What's my thing? Cause my thing with Asana was like, I use Asana for blogging. So what's my thing? My thing is I am an all grain brewer and I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to make the best possible beer. And so I developed a course for people who already do all grain brewing and just want to get extremely, like just want to take it almost pro, pro level. So I called it level up all grain. 
And then I planned kind of in my head before creating the course is what can I create after this? What is like supplemental material that if I threw it all in, it would be way too big of a sales pitch and it would be way too much of a course and you may not even take it all, but what happens if like you take the course and then you're like, cool, what's next? What else do I want? And so I thought of those products prior to creating this one and that's how I came up with, you know, my narrowed down niche. So, um, that's what I did for that. So Walt asked, uh, do you think Asana makes you more productive? That's, that's its claim. What kind of Asana account do you have? Um, uh, does it make me more productive? No, I don't think anything makes you more productive. You just, I know there's no, there's no tool in the world. I think that makes you more productive personally. You either, you just either organize and productive or you're not. Asana is just my tool for organization, for organizing my thoughts, for organizing the things that I have to do, and I get them done. I, I you know, um, I have a pro account. I have two seats um, because I like having drop downs for different, you know, personal, um, what are they called? Custom fields. I like having that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my answer for that. Um, do you always find it easy to just riff your courses? Or are there any tricks to riff and fluidly? That's from Diego. So um, I I find it easy. Obviously, I'm riffing right now. I just have a card with some things written down, and I'm just riffing into the camera. So I can do it. Obviously, I can go on tangents too. Uh, but that's not I've, – I've done courses where I've had scripts. So currently, I am looking into a teleprompter. The teleprompter is just an iPad that is showing me – me that is showing me what we're all seeing. Um, but I've a I have written scripts, put them on an iPad, put them on screen, sat in front of a camera and read like read the actual script. And I did that for a lot of my swim university videos prior to, you know, like um, if you go back and watch some old swim university videos on YouTube, uh, it's me sitting in front of a camera reading a script that uh, Michelle had written for me. So yeah, I have done it that way. Also, uh, when I redesigned the Asana for Bloggers course, that one was fully scripted. I mean, it was fully scripted to where if I copied and pasted it and put it in like a description, it would be like, wow, this is this is like a blog post. It's super helpful. Um, and, I, you know, I wasn't on screen. I was doing like a screen share like this. Right. And so I'm you don't accept I wasn't here. So pretend I'm not here. <laughs> you just see in the screen. And so I'm able to look off camera at my other monitor and just read the script and then do the actions that I'm that I'm actually reading. No editing whatsoever. Um, so going back to that. So uh, Shaheen says, how do you feel about providing lessons for free? I started Upholstery University a couple years ago and I've been trying to find a direction I like. Um, I, I mean, my entire YouTube channel is free lessons. My entire blog is free lessons, technically. The reason that I have digital products and courses is because I can, and, and here's what I like to do, is I like to give behind the scenes content, things that like, like unpolished things, meaning uh, not that the production value sucks at all, but what I'm doing is essentially going like, look, this is everything I, you know, like, yes, I could write a blog post on how to use Asana for blogging, right? I could do that. Um, but if you saw my entire process in a, in a much longer format than what I could do on a blog post, then 
you're getting just a lot. You're getting all of my thoughts and feelings behind like the decision making that I'm doing and not a polished blog post. Same with YouTube videos. Like we're, we're creating polished lessons with our courses. We're creating elongated, like more in-depth content. And that's, um, the way that I look at it is my free stuff is there's tons of it. There's tons of free stuff. Uh, the courses is like all of my thoughts in order, the way that I do it, elongated, super deep dive. Um, so that's it. So Tim asked, I like the idea of bite-sized courses, pick a topic and learn fits well with myself diagnosed with ADD. I mean, I think a hundred percent like you like, and that's the thing. Here's, here's what's crazy. Or here's like, I guess, I guess what's awesome about it is that you could create just a micro course. I mean, Asana for bloggers, I considered a micro course. I sold that thing for 25 bucks when I first came out with it. Uh, everyone told me I undercharged for it, but I was like, I don't know how many people want this. It turns out a lot of people uh, struggle with, you know, keeping an editorial calendar and being consistent in their publishing schedule. And so I, I created it what I considered it wasn't a small course. It was I mean, it was eight hours of content, um, but I was able to like expand from that. Right. Because you have like this small little micro course. I did it in seven days, five days, technically six days or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I could say, hey, what about SEO for bloggers? What about page speed for bloggers? What about all these other things that I do? Email marketing for bloggers, monetization for bloggers, affiliate marketing for bloggers, digital product creation for bloggers. <gasps> the list goes on. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's smart to do like micro courses. And then later you can always like bundle them together or uh, combine them all into one thing, which is what I did with Money Lab Pro. I was like, I have all these, like, they're not micro courses, they're full-blown courses, but I took them all and made them, you know, one price, one product, basically, um, for a monthly subscription instead of buying each individual course separately, which you can still do. <sighs> Shameless plug. All right. Let's see if we have anything else before we move on. I'm going to save your question, Walt, for later, and let's get back to the screen. So let's talk about filming and editing, Okay. Um, I'm going to go back. I'm going to show you a few different ways that we can do this. So, uh, this, this article was when I did my hot tub video course, my hot. Oh, by the way, uh, this screen right here, this is interesting. Um, I used Apple notes to do this one instead of, uh, Asana. Now, the reason I used Apple notes also is I can move around the cards, put them in order and then right in here. Um, I ended up moving them all over to Asana later because that's how I need to check things off and get them done. Uh, so yeah, for this one, I had, um, some lights. I had this camera, I had the mic attached directly to the camera, which you can see here. So that way I didn't have to like have separate audio, uh, the, and I could just sit in front. This is exactly my studio. I just sat in my chair, the same chair I'm sitting in now, my camera, same camera I'm using right now to film this. Uh, light, I have different lights now, but this light was like 50 bucks, 40 bucks maybe. And then that's what it looked like. Very pale. And then uh, this one, I did a lot of editing, but I didn't edit the actual content. I just added overlays. This is what these little, you know, pink guys are there for. Um, and so this one was only 15 lessons. I had them all scripted, as you saw. 
in what I what I do for this, and where's my, I'll use this as an example. So uh, pretend this is my iPhone, right? This, <laughs> this deck of cards. And so what I'll do is, this one I didn't have a teleprompter. So I'm sitting in front of the camera. I have Asana or Apple Notes or whatever on my phone, right? And I go, I literally say in front of the camera, like, all right, I got my notes, let's dive in. Boom, I can now look at my phone. I'm a, I just gave myself permission to look at my phone because I just told the audience that I have all my notes on my phone. And so that was my little trick for not having a teleprompter and for not having to edit later every time I look down at my notes. You know, it's like, okay. So for me, that was super easy. And I can sit down and for an entire day, put on my Hawaiian shirt, you know, sit in front of the camera. I have all my notes on my phone. I hit the record button on the camera, which I'm sitting right in front of. So I can literally just like hit record and go, hey, everybody, welcome. Here's my friggin' notes, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever. Okay. And then hit the stop button, done. Okay, that file is saved to the card, move on to the next lesson. Hit the button again, do it again, stop it. Now I'm just like collecting these lessons, right? Once they're all on the card, I export them all and then start to edit them. Okay, but let me talk about a few more ways that I film. So yeah, these are just all uploaded, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what did I do for... All right, so let me go back to Asana for bloggers real quick because this one was like highly produced. And so the way I did this one was in the beginning of each lesson, I sat in front of the same camera and I did my spiel. Uh, I think I set up a boom mic for that one and I had to do like fancy editing. I ended up buying a mic that attaches directly to the camera and that just works perfectly fine. It's like the easiest thing you can do. So um, for this, for the Asana for Bloggers course, I sat in front of the camera and I read the intro to the lesson. So you can see me like, hey, in this lesson, we're going to talk about blank, blank, blank. And I did it. Then I recorded my screen using ScreenFlow and using this mic to record. And so ScreenFlow took the screen capture and my audio, made it one file. And then in ScreenFlow, if I had to do any editing to the to the actual like screen, I did that editing there, exported it as an MP4 stuck it into Premiere, which is what I use for video editing, and then just added my intro, did a crossfade into the thing, dip it out in black, end of lesson, export, upload, done. Okay, so that was that course. SEO for blog bloggers was really, really interesting because it wasn't like with, with Asana for bloggers, I'm showing Asana, I'm showing my screen, everything is here, there's no concepts. I can show you exactly how I do it, right? With, with, uh, I just lost my train of thought. With SEO for bloggers, there's a lot of concepts, right? And so with concepts, when you're trying to teach like why I do something as opposed to like, here's how I actually do it, I could do two, I actually thought of this and I felt like a genius, but it's really not that genius. So I could have, created slides, done a keynote, recorded my screen. So this is what I do. I did this for um, my homebrewing course, which I'll get to. Um, I opened up keynote, made a bunch of slides, hit record on ScreenFlow, recorded the keynote, 
and then ScreenFlow recorded my audio. Boom, I had the whole thing, did it live. You know, like like you're doing a presentation. Um, didn't have to practice it, just kind of like knew my cards. Like I created the cards, so I'm just like boom, 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 right? So with SEO for bloggers, instead of creating slides, I just use tabs in my browser. So what you're currently looking at right now, as a matter of fact, so I could, so basically what I do is um, like, let's talk about the different plugins that I use. So I I basically just created different tabs and we're like, yeah, here's this plugin, here's this plugin, here's this plugin, here's this plugin. And I'm just going to the plugins home pages. Or if I had to write anything or show anything, I would just drag my Apple Notes app onto the screen and just start typing or just start drawing or whatever I had to do to illustrate my concepts. And I did it all, I had I had all of the tabs planned out, but I just have to go and open all the tabs up and then sit there and just run through them, right? So that was how I did SEO for bloggers mostly. And then I've obviously showed a ton of like how I do everything. So if there was like, you know, how I format a blog post, I was going into an actual blog post and formatting it or showing how I would format it or the decisions I made on how I formatted something. Um, so that was like super easy. I didn't have to make any slides, which was great. Everything was recorded in ScreenFlow. Uh, I actually didn't, I, you know, I did make an intro for each one of those videos. So I did export the MP4 out of ScreenFlow and then stuck it into Premiere. Uh, in the future, uh, which is what I did for my homebrewing course, I didn't do that at all. And I'll explain that now. So the homebrewing course, um, that that whole thing is done in, you can see uh, my entire process in Money Lab Pro. That's where I kind of like, I didn't do it on the live site. I did it in, in the community. And so, and I filmed a bunch of stuff too. Um, so it's kind of like a lesson. Um, but with this course, um, it was really interesting because there was a lot of concepts that were sort of front loaded. And if we go back to Asana, uh, you know, for example, proper sanitation and cleaning techniques, I kind of bulleted out my tips and I created uh, slides in Keynote. Now, I predetermined during my pr planning process which lessons were going to be, you know, Keynote slides. And which lessons were going to be me out in the actual brewery, making beer, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up creating all of the slides all at once. It ended up being 64 slides. And I had like one single type of design, which was like an image on one side, bullet points on the other side, really kept it simple. And I made all of the slides and then I sat in front of ScreenFlow with the microphone just like this and just started like banging out the lessons, right? No, no editing, just like getting the lessons down into MP4s, exported out of ScreenFlow into correct folders. Um, if we look, ooh, do I have the folders for this? Oh, you can see that. That's so weird. That's so weird how I did, did that. Okay, so let's see. Products. No, I don't have it in this one. Oh, well. Um, so anyway, uh, with this, I basically you know, going back, I did all the slides, exported them to MP4s, great. You know, from there, once I did all the slides, because I'm sitting in front of my computer, I don't have to go anywhere to do any more filming, I ended up editing those very easily. So I put them into Premiere, 
I dip to black in the beginning, dip to black at the end, so it fades in, fades out. And just made sure I cut out like the bullshit in the beginning, if I had any bullshit at the end of me like actually turning off the, you know, recorder or whatever. And and just kept everything, you know, because I just knew what I was doing. You know, I I, I just r- ran through it. And just like this live show, if I mess up, I just own the mess up. I just own it. Like if I flub a line, I say, sorry about that. I, I flubbed a line. Too many beers. Um, so I don't like, I don't really try to edit. I try to like minimize the editing when it comes to creating a product very quickly. Um, with a lot of YouTube stuff, we do a lot of editing. So it's, you know, cause we're trying to condense it down into a very actionable, keep your, you know, attention sort of, um, you know, production. So once I got all of these done and up, basically edit it and upload it. It's like, okay, now I have the second part of the course is me actually going into the brewery and making a beer from start to finish, which takes, you know, that took a, a day, a full day to, to record. The way that I did that one was I was like, okay, I had all of these ideas on how I could film this course. I could, you know, uh, set up a stationary camera and then have to like talk into the camera and then show it and then move the camera around. I could have maybe gotten a friend or somebody to come over and just be my cameraman, just like, you know, or camera woman, just turning, you know, looking around, making sure they got all the shots, but they don't know what to get unless I go, hey, you need to get a shot of this right here because I'm about to do this thing that you don't know because you're just a camera person, you know, whatever. What I decided though was I was I've I watch a lot of uh Jay Kenji Lopez Alt's videos on YouTube and he's a chef and he just puts a GoPro on his head and he makes food and he describes what he's doing and he's like very scientific and I I I thought you know when I first started watching that is like well how do I like that's going to be weird I'm going to be like disoriented no it's actually incredibly helpful because you're seeing what he's seeing and he's talking it through so I thought that's brilliant let me just go out into the garage, freaking put a GoPro on my head, and the and the audio quality is ridiculously good, like insanely good. So all I have is this stupid camera on my forehead, you know, shut all the blinds, no one can see, and I talk and do my thing. And each time my lesson was over, I just turn it off the thing at the top. Um, and I use my iPhone as sort of like a way because you can use your iPhone or your smartphone to see like what your camera sees and then you hit record and you can't see anything. But I just did that. And when I was when I had free time during my brew session, I, you know, took the little card out, stuck it in my computer and just got the file off the card because I didn't trust the little tiny micro SD card. Um, I just I don't know why it's like so fragile. I don't I don't trust that there's data on it. All the time or it doesn't stay there very long it's i know that's silly but i got it off the computer got it on the uh, external hard drive that i used just for that course and uh yeah that's how i got that and then same thing put that in the premiere tr- dip to black dip to black you know trim the ends export as an mp4 upload to podia anyway that's my filming process uh how long have we been going 43 minutes not too bad not too bad um okay let me answer some questions let's go over to the question screen i saved some comments um 
How many people have done some of these Asana for Bloggers type courses and how are you funneling them to find your course? So this is more of a marketing question, which uh, I guess, you know, we can get to. Um, so uh, when I first created Asana for Bloggers, I uploaded everything to Gumroad. That was what I used. Gumroad um, isn't really like a course hosting platform by any means, but they, all of my videos were under the, <laughs> the allotted time that they give you. Like a th at the time, I think they were giving you like 16 gigs storage or maybe 50 gigs of storage or whatever it was. And my videos all fell within that, like underneath that. Um, I ended up moving to my own platform using e easy digital downloads, which was a friggin' nightmare because I was now customer service tech support, you know, because it was my software, it was my program. It was, you know, if, if there was a caching issue or somebody couldn't buy, it was my fault. And I ended up moving to Podia in August of 2019. That's been a game changer because I just think if you're going to do courses or any sort of digital product sales, it's nice to have a company that sort of handles it soup to nuts. Um, you know, the, the checkout process, the delivery process, uh, all of that is really nice. And so, uh, you know, to give me – I mean, the Son of a Bloggers course is like maybe three, 4,000 people have, have taken that course. Um no, I can't be right. Well, maybe it is right. I mean, where's my mouse? Uh, let's let's move. Well, so I moved when I moved over to Podia. Um, it's been one week. Uh, oh, Podia is taking forever to load right now. Okay, um, let's look at. Let's log out. Sorry, you guys can't see this because it's like so much logging in and getting passwords and blah blah blah. Okay, so Money Lab. Uh, let's look at products. So, okay, 1,026 customers for Asana for bloggers. Um, that's how many people. Now, the way that I funneled them originally to that was I did a very bad job. Uh, and I <laughs> I basically put it up for sale. I wrote my blog post on how I built the course. And then I did some like, and so people bought. I, got, I had a good a good launch. And then you can read all about it in that post. And then um, when I did, when I ended up doing like a bundle sale with my friends who own Location Indie, they were doing something called the Paradise Pack. So I did something with them. Um, then I have affiliates because Podia with their Shaker plan, you can uh, have an affiliate program. So I do a lot of sales through affiliates. Uh, you know, going on podcasts and doing live shows like this and, you know, adding the box in, in my post to, you know, talking about it, emailing people about it, just kind of that. Yeah. Just really talking about it as much as I possibly can. Um, so that's really it. And then broader question from Walt is, uh, how are you collecting money from courses and digital products? Are your eBooks on Amazon? Are you using PayPal or Venmo or taking crypto payments? What works best? Podia. I take credit cards via Stripe and I take credit cards via PayPal. Uh, I do not put anything on Amazon. They can go. And I do not use Venmo or crypto. No, thank you. Vem, Vem no. Crypt, no. Stupid. Uh, so Tim asks, you're saving so much time and hassle by editing the way that you do. Thanks for the tips about blacking out at the beginning and the end. Uh, yeah, and then when you're done the course, I blacked out at the end, just in general, because it's very, it's like trying to do everything in seven days. 
Uh, you get the you get the joke. Um, Diego asks, "How do you get?" Oh, I think I already asked, answered this one. I like, yeah, I did. Okay, so I'm gonna uncheck all of those. Let's go back to comments. And oh, look, we have uh, location rebel Sean Ogle on. What's up, buddy? He says, "Ugh, Podia." I'm assuming, "Ugh, Podia." Uh, I love Podia, to be honest with you. They have their limitations, but ultimately I love the way that it looks for the customer when they're taking the course. Um, if you actually want to see what that looks like, let's take a look. Uh, view as customer. So let me pull over to this. So this is what uh, it looks like. So you have the course introduction, right? You have the little... Uh, stuff underneath it. You can, if you can see it here on the left, let me pull this. So this is basically, it's really, really simple. The anatomy, the video appears at the top, and then you have your like, your text at the bottom. Uh, if you want to add spreadsheets, they're just individual links. Um, everything has comments on the bottom, so you can ask questions. I just think it looks really good. I mean, that's, it's really, really simple, especially for my audience at Swim University. Um, they just have like a, just a good presentation. And, you know, when you look at something like, um, what is it called? Like teachable, the, the, I don't really like teachable because it spreads the content out. So like, if you have a widescreen, which I do, um, it like spreads the words out. Whereas with, and I know it's a stupid thing with a podia, it like keeps it in the box. Like it keeps it at a normal, like width. So anyway. Um, what else do we have? Let's 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 get into uh, marketing, shall we? Um, wow, this could be an all-day thing. But uh, before I get into that, uh, if you have any questions so far, um, let's see. We got one real quick. Let's just somebody here. Swiss Army Nick. I actually like that name. It's a good name. I like the idea of showcasing web browser tabs versus creating presentation slide. What's the best way to credit other sites, articles that you reference during your courses? Um, I mean, I put them on screen, right? So I am crediting them. I'm using their content to describe what I'm talking about. Um, I also uh, create a, in every single course that I have, I always create a lesson at the end that is just like additional resources. And it's basically a, like a full course, or sorry, a full lesson of citations and links. And if there's anything that like, and if, and sometimes what I'll do is I'll even add like the links in underneath each video. So if I'm in a video, like I, I think for example, um, let me see if I can get to it quick. Yeah, forget, I'm not gonna get to it. But basically, um, like for my SEO for bloggers course, there's a whole lesson on all the different plugins that I use for SEO for WordPress. And underneath, like I do the lesson, I use the tabs in the video, you see that, but then underneath that lesson in text, which you can add in Podia, I add the links to all of those actual plugins so you can go buy them. Um, some of them are affiliate links. And if there are affiliate links, I put it in parentheses. This is an affiliate link, daddy gets paid. If you click and buy, please do. Um, so moving on, I hope that helps. Uh, Walt, it says, it sounds like you're focused on doing video courses now. Can you say anything about eBooks that you've done well for or well for you or what strategy 
or pricing thoughts are on eBooks in 2021? <sighs> I'm just not an eBook creator. To me, eBooks are harder to make. Um, I'm not a good writer. I don't enjoy sitting in front of a computer and writing. So, um, but my first two products were books, were eBooks. And the way that I kind of hacked my brain into like uh, wanting to write was I designed the book as I wrote, right? So uh, I used at the time, the first book that I, that I wrote, which was about hot tub care, it's called the Hot Tub Handbook. And I used Apple iBooks author. Uh, I do not think it's like, I think it's a discontinued product, unfortunately. But it was a really simple ebook PDF maker uh, with multiple pages, chapter breakdowns, all that stuff. Um, and I wrote in that program. I didn't actually like write in a Google Doc because if I had to write in a Google Doc, I don't spend a lot of time in Google Docs because it's just white and black and text and it just makes me crazy. Like I'm a design eye type of person. And so I like to write and kind of design it. It's like if I want to take a break and bold up a couple of words or if I want to like add a headline or add a graphic in as I'm writing, I want to be able to do that in kind of real time and not have to go, well, I have to do that all later. And then it's like you're making the book at the same time. Like obviously you do your, what do you call it? You're like outlining and, and scripting. But then when it comes to the creation side of things, I like to kind of create on the fly. Um, and as far as pricing, you know, so I've only made eBooks for my pool and hot tub audience. And I can tell you uh, that when I read Nathan Barry's authority book, which I paid probably $49 for, he was like, charge $49 for your eBook because it's valuable. And I was like, okay. So I did. No one bought. I lowered it to $39. No one bought. I lowered it to $29. All of a sudden, people started buying it. Like changing no other sort of marketing thing besides like obviously just having it on my website. My hypothesis in that experiment was it wasn't priced correctly for my audience. Meaning, and I had no anchoring. So I just had that one book. It wasn't like I had a $49 book. But then if you got... The next package, it was like a book plus a video course that's like, you know, 99. And then it was like, oh, 49 is not that bad. Um, it wasn't that price anchoring technique. It was just like, here's an ebook. I think my audience, you know, they they are older. Um, at, and obviously, as we go through time, they become us, you know, like the the, the people who are the, the internet savvy crowd, right? The, the youngins. I don't know what to call these people. Uh, it's just like, I don't want to discriminate, but like, they're older and they're and they're not they're not internet savvy. And so when they see a PDF or a book for $50, it's like, that's an expensive book. At, at the Barnes & Noble, I can get a book for, I'll pull the back, $29 US, $32 Canada, whatever. Um, and so that was my hypothesis, was that my audience was looking at this as a actual book. And so $29 is correct, $39 is incorrect. Um, I think you could do eBooks now, but I, I just, I just don't, I mean, fine. I mean, yeah, but I think they're, they're, here's the, the, here's the craziest thing. Like think about a book, a book. I can, I can pull out a book on my shelf and it was, you know, 20 bucks on Amazon. It's packed with information. You take that same book and you make a video course 
It could be like a thousand dollars. It could be five thousand dollars, and it's the same exact material, just delivered differently. So for me, I'm just like, why wouldn't I do a a, um, a course? Uh, and plus, it just happens to be the wheelhouse that I'm in. It's like the thing that I'm interested in. It's the thing I know how to do. So of course, I'm going to do it that way. Um, anyway, I hope that helps. So moving on. Uh, Mustafa asks, I love the gazillion dollar sales funnel experiment. Will you ever shoot a new video regarding sales funnels? Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yes, I'm actually been working very, very hard on this entire thing. And I can pull it up real quick. Um, and we can we can use this as a talking about the marketing side of things. So let me just pull it up. Um, so I've been working with Miles Beckler kind of on, you know, and just on Zoom. Um, to set up a, a more automated sales sequence for my digital products, because, um, for the most part, I've been pretty bad at like, I mean, I can, I'm, I can, I promote all of my products. They're on my website. You can find them very easily. I always had a hard time sort of like pitching, hard pitching, selling, um, and so I'm working with Miles to sort of figure out, you know, some techniques that I could put in place that are that'll automate this process for me. Now, as far as this is concerned, I'm working on this in real time. This is just updated for the last two days. Um, and so I have uh, like this whole, this is actually um, Miles' ATM accelerator framework, which is what I'm using. It's really simple. It's just organic traffic to lead magnet to a one-time offer and into your evergreen newsletter where you can continue to sell them on your product. Um, he's got a 2.0 version, which I made a graphic for and a 3.0 version, which is just gets more and more detailed. Um, I am currently up to, if you look at all through this and I recommend that you check this article out, it's pretty in depth. I worked on it for the last two days straight, um, creating these like graphics on how I'm laying out. Like this is how I'm laying out my sales page. Um, this is how I'm laying out my, you know, I have deadline funnels set up. Um, I have my phase one strategy and all the conversion rates that I was able to hit. Um, and I'm currently in phase two where I'm using uh, Facebook ads to sort of get people onto my email list, which is where I'm selling them these products. Um, so, yes, I am planning if this all goes well. And so far, things have been going very well. I just, you know, I want it. This is that thing. I'm not going to sit here and make a course or film videos on. This is not what Money Lab is about. Money Lab, the live, you know, the site itself. I am, I'm just experimenting. Somebody gave me an idea, you know, is helping me kind of in the back end. And I'm running with this live, showing you everything in real time. I have no opinions. I have no, I have hypothesis and guesses. And that's pretty much it. I'm putting this all out there. Once I get, if this does become successful, because I've had plenty of experiments that have been like friggin' duds, huge duds, okay? There's like a lot of them in 2020, actually. Um, but if you look at this experiment, it's working. So my plan is obviously get it going. It's probably going to take me all summer, probably, in, you know, I probably won't make anything until the end of the year. If I'm very confident, I mean, I'm confident in creating all of these assets, like the actual work itself I've been doing for 15 years. Um, but the framework is, a, is someone else's and I'm testing it. Now I'm obviously changing some things here and there. Not everything is working for me as it does for other people. 
And so I'm kind of like working on it and massaging it, making decisions, and then coming up with sort of my own, you know, way of how I, how I would do it. And so I'm writing everything down, but yes, the goal is to create a course, uh, kind of based on this whole thing. It'll probably be called, you know, marketing for bloggers or, or email marketing for bloggers or something, probably just marketing for bloggers. Um, it'll probably be part of a bigger course and it will be a part of money lab pro, um, which means you could get it, you know, when it comes out. I mean, obviously we have five courses now, plus the, the WordPress theme, um, which is what moneylab.co is based on. Uh, that's all you can get all of that right now for 49 bucks a month, um, four 99 a year, or you could buy them individually you know, through moneylab.co slash pro. So uh, to kind of give you the idea, and I'll just kind of jump forward. Well, I'll show you what, what happened with me. Um, so this, so I'm basically, you know, what Miles calls it the ATM accelerator, which stands for audience trust monetization. I'm doing, I'm, my, my version was the gazillion dollar sales funnel experiment only because he originally called it a million dollar sales funnel. And I was like, I can't call it that. Feels, I feels too markety. I want to call it something stupid. And then Nathan in Money Lab Pro helped me come up with this one, which I like. Um, so right now on Sim University, which is how I'm selling my, I have uh, four digital products there currently. Uh, they're all video courses. Um, the I have a lot of organic traffic coming into the website, which is all through SEO. You can learn more about that SEO for bloggers within Money Lab Pro if you want to, or just buy the course separately. Um, so I have a bunch of organic traffic coming in. I have a lead magnet and an opt-in form, one for pool owners, one for hot tub owners. They subscribe. About 1.8% of, and this is, you're just looking at, by the way, pool side, so just people who own pools. So the amount of organic traffic coming in, 1.8% of them convert to a subscriber. So for every 100 visitors to my website, around two of them become subscribers. Um, then they're immediately taken to a one-time offer page where they're, uh, it's my course for 50% off and it only lasts for 15 minutes. Um, and I'm using deadline funnel to do that. And in 15 minutes, they about 2.9% of them convert, which is great. And then I have a one-click upsell, which is my, um, I have a money saving pool course thing. So if you buy your, you know, you buy the pool course, you can learn how to save even more money with my extra course. Um, that's 25% off and that is 39 and that converts at 25%. So, and these are again, going down the, the list. Um, so it would be like out of the 1.8% of people who are in here, 2.9% of them do the one-time offer. And then 25% of these people who buy, buy the upsell. Uh, currently that's working very well. Um, I didn't have this in place prior to March of 2021. And so now the goal is to, um, you know, obviously now all of these people are on my email list. So they're also added to my evergreen newsletter where every single week, if they haven't bought my course yet, they are, um, the email is packed with useful information on how they can take care of their pool. But it also includes a little PS, here's a little product, you know, blah, 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 sales pitch, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's like every week to two times a week we send that email out, especially during the summer, it's two times a week. Um, probably should do like more three times a week. And, you know, according to Miles, I think I wrote it somewhere in this article that, um, you know, 
about 80% of your sales come 90 days after they know about you. So you have to build trust. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like nurture them. Um, but I think like having the trust built over time and then, you know, all of the people that are missing out on this 50% offer, that's fine. These are just the people who have like built trust because they've Googled something. They've, they've trusted me enough to give me my, give me their email address and, and log, you know, for an, for a PDF. And then they're going to, they bought the thing. So they trust me. The people who didn't yet are in my evergreen newsletter and they're going to be, I'm going to be building that trust over time because I mean, sending them helpful content, free, helpful content, you know, and, 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 and all the content that I do in my evergreen newsletter is time-based. So because I run a seasonal business there, uh, you know, obviously if you sign up in, I don't know, if let's say you have a pool, but you signed up in October and the first email you got was like, time to open your pool. It's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. It's October for me. Um, so everything's time-based. So in April, they'll start getting emails about when's a good time to open your pool, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, in the, maybe in May, it's like, you have an algae problem. You got a cloudy water problem. Here's your water. You know, it's like, everything's kind of time-based. And so, uh, that's the evergreen newsletter. And in, in all of those emails, there's like a soft pitch for the product, soft pitch. And then I'm working on this later. I haven't, uh, I don't think I wrote it. So I'm working on Facebook ads too, but that's a whole separate audience, right? That's, uh, this one is just based on organic traffic. This is people that are just searching for me, SEO style coming from Google running through. Okay. Uh, I'm working on Facebook traffic. They are a totally different animal because they're coming in from Facebook. They're not searching for a problem to figure out with their pool and then finding swim university. No, they're on Facebook now. Now I'm retargeting people and, and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, and I talk about it all here, but I won't go into too much detail because it's not done yet. Um, but a lot of it is, and I have this a whole different sales funnel for, for Facebook people. Um, and then I have this phase three, which I'm working on now, which is the long game. Here you go. Uh, That's what Miles said. According to uh, Miles Beckler, 80% of sales happen after the 90 day mark. And so if that's true, and again, uh, Jason Resnick also kind of validated this point, which is what, you know, if I, I, you know, the Facebook people haven't built trust yet. And some of the people who subscribed organically haven't, I haven't earned their trust yet. So I'm going to send them emails. I'm going to show that I know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm going to show that I'm going to, I'm here to help. Honestly, at the end of the day, that's all I really want to do. And then, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send them a sale every once in a while. Like, Hey, it's 20% off this week. Hey, it's 25% off this week. You know, deadline funnel. That was a game changer. I, I, you know, it's so funny because I always considered myself sort of like, oh, well, I don't need a deadline to buy something, you know? Uh, oh yeah, I do. I was like, because uh, freaking Black Friday came around and there was some homebrewing stuff and it was on sale and I knew it was coming on sale and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to wait. And then like, I was on the computer like every day, like waiting to buy. And I'm like, oh, I thought I wasn't, you know, as a marketer, somebody who's done retail marketing for I mean, like, what, 10 years? I always, like, I, I always did those things. I always had, I always ran sales. I always, you know, you know, put the newspaper out, put the friggin', you know, TV ads out, radio ads out, like blitz, you know, media blitz, you know, three days only, you know, everything must go, signage everywhere, 
Like I did that stuff for you and it worked so well. And then I didn't, and then it comes to online business and I'm like, nah, I don't want to do it. And it turns out it just works and that's how people buy. So that's the marketing stuff. That's it. It's all I got. Let's do, let's take some questions. We'll wrap things up. If you liked this episode and you want to see more of this episode, give a thumbs up, subscribe, please. That would be great. That way you get notified. I don't have to send an email out every single time I do one of these. It happens every single Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, noon, my time in the mountains, and 11 a.m. Pacific. I don't know other time zones besides that. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But yeah, uh, if you have any questions, let's take them now. Um, so I'm going to pull up this, Oop. replace, replace, hit the button. Um, okay. Diego says, and thank you for the questions, Diego, Diego. Appreciate it. Uh, also member of money lab pro. If you're interested, go to moneylabpro.co. Moneylab, No, go to moneylab.co slash pro. Oh boy. Oh boy. So Diego asks, uh, do you think you can charge more for video courses versus eBooks, even if they have the exact same content? I do. I, I wouldn't buy an eBook personally. I would buy a video course. That's just how I learn. Uh, I, I just think that's, I think that's true personally. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm only speaking for myself. I'm not, I have no data or research to back it up. I'm just saying that for myself. And are there any upcoming challenges planned for Money Lab Pro? Right now, uh, oh, there will be challenges. There will be blood. There will be challenges. Um, I just don't know what they are yet. They have to, they present themselves to me. Uh, people in the community, you can present them, come up with them. It's open. You know, that's where we can talk and, and, and discuss this stuff. And yeah. Um, but so far, we're, this is the, the challenge is this, what we're doing right now. Um, so Walt, again, thank you so much for asking these questions. I really appreciate it. It actually uh, helps me stay focused. So I believe you are trying to develop a solid email list. What applications are you using to keep your list? People use MailChimp or whatever. I use ActiveCampaign. I have used all of them. At least I feel like I've used all of them. Started on AWeber. Move to MailChimp, move to ConvertKit, move to ActiveCampaign, uh, all for different reasons. The uh, AWeber was just what everybody was pitching at the early days because they had a killer affiliate program. Um, so I did that. And then uh, I just felt a vibration. What the hell was that? Um, <laughs> do I smell toast? Uh, I used AWeber and then I switched to MailChimp because it just looked better. Uh, and then I moved to ConvertKit because everybody else was, and I I felt like Mailchimp had some limitations, and they were kind of moving more in, in the direction of e-commerce, and that really wasn't me. And and ConvertKit was kind of go more towards creators, and that's where I wanted to go, and so I went that direction. Um, and then ConvertKit was completely fine, but I was sort of. I was talking with Andrew Fiebert and he was like looking really deeply into active campaign for what he wanted to do. Cause he was also on convert kit. Uh, and I took a consultation call with active campaign last year and they showed me goal automations and the fact that you could create these like goal time-based goals and I could create loopable seasonal automations. In fact, if you go to moneylab.co 
uh, on the homepage, you'll see um, I have a whole article on where I uh, switched to active campaign. And the re- there's two reasons. One, I actually saved money because I was able to combine all three of my brands into one account and which I couldn't do with, I, you can do with ConvertKit, but it was much messier. And because active campaign has lists, like multiple lists, as opposed to uh, ConvertKit, which is just one giant list. And you could just have to do everything with tags and custom fields. Um, active campaign is just much more flexible. And the visual way they do automation, automations where individual emails are in the automation instead of in se- sequence boxes, to me, just more appealing. And when he showed me that I could do loopable seasonal automations that I was like, that's what I've been trying to do with, with email marketing for forever. And they were finally like something was finally able to do that. And that's what I, I switched to that. Um, Mustafa, you're welcome for my detailed explanations. I could sit here and do this all day. This is actually really fun. Um, again, if you liked this, please do that thing. Uh, apparently it helps. And if uh, and please subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. I uh, appreciate it. So, uh, Salama, I'll go Salama. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Physical versus digital products. Which one would you start with? Digital. Why would you ever do physical? Uh, it's way harder. You got to ship it. Uh, it's way harder. And the profit margins are lower. I mean, you have to. Like you have to get it manufactured and you have to put up money up front. Whereas like with digital products, you can create your own, you can just put your time up and make the thing. And then if you wanted to, like, I, here's the thing, I'll, 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 you know, for me, the amount of times people have said to me, you know, you have this pool website, you should be selling pool chemicals, like your own pool chemicals, your own pool cleaners, your own this, why? Why? I, I I mean, like, yes, I would make some money. It would work. But then I have to, like, deal with things breaking and, like, shipping and storage and, like, just general overhead. And, I, I you know, I could white label things. But then, like, my name is plastered. My brand is plastered on something that I didn't make and I have no control over. No. No. And then I got to put it on Amazon. Amazon is what I'm saying. No. <laughs> Sorry. Just got heated. Tell. Very heated. No, I, I think just I. the other thing, too, is that's not my wheelhouse. I've never made a physical product in my life. I've sold physical products, you know, fireworks as a kid, pencils, CDs, other things. But not... um. Yeah, I just not my wheelhouse. I make videos. That's what I do. I'm doing this. That's what I'm good at. That's what I like doing. I make music. I like I like computers. So it's kind of what I'm into. Um, so yeah, that's my answer to that. Boz asks, any tips on writing quality blog posts? Yeah. Um, d- yeah, I think, well, all right. How do I want to say this? So... What I do, and I'll just kind of like briefly go over this. All of the all the things that I talk about when it comes to SEO and writing are all in my SEO for bloggers course. And uh, all of the writing that we do on our website, Michelle and I are both in Money Lab Pro. So if you want to join that, like we're there to ask questions and everyone else in that community is quality blog post writers or knows how to hire quality blog post writers. 
Um, and so, or article writers, I should say. So definitely like, I, I, I basically, it's all starts with the outline. You, my, my goal with anything is like, I need the topic. I want the topic and I'm gonna answer that as thoroughly as possible and as quickly as possible. And that's really it. It's, it's not about length. It's not about, um, it, you know, you could argue that so many people have done research on there. I've proven them wrong several thousand times. It's not about length. It's about how well it's written. It's about, are you covering the topic? Are you getting the information out? Is it, are people staying on the page and reading? Are they getting the information? Are they not pogo sticking back to Google? Cause whatever you wrote sucks, you know, are, is making, making sure that your, um, website loads incredibly fast and like it should follow the path of like a story everything even a how-to article there's a story to be told there doesn't matter and you and the formatting is is really just about keeping people's attention and it's really like a taste thing i'll say like it's not i don't you know you can follow different templates and i think you should but then you should just start to learn and figure out your own style and like just read more. If you read more, you'll go, oh, I like this. And for me, I read a book called, oh, God, what is it called? I know they make one called Rework, but it wasn't that one. It was, oh, if someone's out there, please tell me. It was the first one they wrote about uh, software development. It was like getting started or I don't remember. Anyway, they wrote that book. And rework is a great example. And I was like, I blew through that book. And I was like, why did I, why was that so easy to read? And like other books, I kind of like have this like stumble through. And it's because I'm not a good reader personally. And I like, it turns out that I really like short, punchy, like get me to the friggin' point stuff. Like I don't want your, I don't want this like fluffy, like, oh, you have pros. Good for you. I need the answer. That's why I just, I just tend to gravitate towards that. And so, what you see on Money Lab, as an example, is like I I go through those posts over and over and over again and just remove like filler sentences, lead in sentences. They do serve a purpose from here time to time, but if it doesn't, I'm just like nah, you know, instead of instead of multiple commas, a period, things like that. Um, it's really just a taste thing. Um, so yeah, R seven Eagle. If you like the session, give it a thumbs up. A session. Is this a session? I just thought it was a show. Thought I was making a cool show. I did this. My blow. That's a show. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, but yes, give it a thumbs up. Appreciate that. One more question from Boz Baz. Uh, I'm a software developer and would like to create a SaaS at some point. Yeah, software as a service, but have no idea where to start. You got to scratch your own itch. That's what I did. I mean, no, you don't have to do that. You just take, I mean, I'm just giving you my opinion. Um, I would look at scratching your own itch. Uh, I create it. Uh, I just, I'm not part of it anymore, but Lasso is the affiliate marketing plugin that I helped develop. And that was because I run an affiliate marketing site and I needed help keep, keeping track of all my affiliate links. So that software was developed. And now Andrew's off and running that. That's what I would do. Uh, Walt asked, do you think a very niche condensed short video course would work? I would mean something like three short how-to videos or do people expect a certain length? Uh, I don't know. Try it. I, I would say I would probably, uh, you know, three short how-to videos sounds like a good lead 
generator, like somebody like, hey, get my three lesson or get my like, get the three videos that I, you know, three videos that made turn me into whatever the, I don't know what your topic is. I'm just trying to make up a topic on the, uh, <laughs> on the fly. But yeah, I, I, I would think, I don't know. You could sell, I mean, it depends on the length of the video. I think like, uh, if you, I just paid 40 bucks for a workshop that was on, uh, Jay Klaus is creating a, uh, a workshop on how to run online communities. And he put it, he just promoted it through Twitter and it was 40 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Probably going to be an hour or two with him. And I trust him to, to run an online community. He run Pat, he runs, uh, Pat Flynn's SPI pro community. Hell yeah. I'll pay 40 bucks for that. So I, you know, I think, yeah, I don't think the lesson count matters. I think it's maybe the, the subject matter and the, the, like the trust and the length. I mean, that worked for me personally. Um, so yeah. Uh, so Salama says, would you build a biz differently if you want to sell it eventually? Uh, I don't plan on, I mean, I've never thought about an exit. That's not true. With, with, with Lasso, I felt about an, ex, I thought about an exit, uh, pretty early on. I was like, Ooh, cool. I'll, I'll build a SaaS product. I'll do all of my things that I'm good at and then we'll sell it. Cause I don't like running SaaS products personally. Um, so I probably wouldn't build that business if I'm already, if I'm, if I'm already like thinking I'm going to get out of it because then that's not why I do any, that's not why I get out of bed in the morning. It's like just to, you know, just, I want to do something just to stop doing it. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound right. Hey, Michelle's here. Awesome. Uh, yes. If you join money lab pro, uh, Michelle will be happy to answer any of your questions about creating online content. She is an absolute master at creating online content, especially in the SEO department and storytelling. The goat, the goat in a good way, not like the animal, the acronym. Brian Henry. No, it's not this one. It's not remote office, not required. It was the it's before this one. It was before rework. It was, it started, I think it starts with a G, uh, but it's before this one. Swiss Army Nick, again, great name. I've gathered it's best to host your website on WordPress, uh, but is Podia's blog platform worth considering at all? Podia seems to work well for you for everything else. Um, so uh, to be very clear, uh, WordPress is not the hosting platform. WordPress is the CMS, the content management system. Um, the content management system that is WordPress is hosted on WP Engine for me. Um, just to be clear, Podia's blog platform, I don't think they have one, to be honest. I don't, I mean, I'm going to pull it up, but unless they just added it today, uh, I don't think they have one. So I would not use, no, I would not use Podia for blogging. Um, or even content development, or yeah, if you, for content, I wouldn't use it. Uh, unless you're using it, you could use it for lead gen, meaning like if you, uh, uh, like what Walt was saying, I think is like, if he wants to create like a three short how-to videos, um, and you wanted to give people access to that for free, taking their email address, you could use Podia to do that and then deliver that little mini course through Podia, but then you're paying for Podia so I, for me, it's like if you're going to pay for Podia and Podia takes credit cards, why wouldn't you just do 
use Podia for, you know, course delivery, like pro like digital product delivery that you're going to charge money for. Um, otherwise you could use a free service like Gumroad to do that. You know, you wouldn't need a paid service like Podia. Um, yeah. So that's what I would say to that. Uh, uh, it's, this is not it either, Brian. It's the one before this. It's like their first book. I don't even think it's in print anymore. Oh, I'm gonna have to look it up. It, it would be 37 Signals book, Getting Real, it's called. Getting Real. The only reason I like that book, it was about SaaS development, and it's just so friggin' to the point. It's like so direct. Yeah, you got it. You got it, Brian. Getting Real, thank you. Um, so anyway, I think that's it. Uh, that, that seems to be uh, everything. So we talked about idea formulation, planning and outlining, scripting, filming, editing, uploading, pricing and sales, marketing. We talked about eBooks. And then if you want, and I highly recommend that you do, if you want to join me and the rest of the community over at Money Lab Pro, which is all of the video courses that I talked about building, they're all there. They're all part of the, the membership. Um, we have a community there. It's hosted on Circle. And it's awesome. And every single week, we do a happy hour where we get on Zoom and talk about online business stuff. Um, and we, you know, you can ask any questions in there. You can, you know, talk about the courses, the lessons. You could talk about anything you want. Um, yeah, moneylab.co slash pro. It's the reason I started this whole live stream is, that I, is my actual weekly show to promote Money Lab. Anyway, that's it. Uh, unless there's anything else, I think we're all good to go. So uh, appreciate everyone for joining me today. We have Brian, Swiss Army, Nick, R7 Eagle. I know Sean Ogle was on the chat. Paula's Picks is here. We have Adrian. Uh, Alex from WP Eagle was here. Uh, I'm going to go check out Doug Cunnington's show right now. So I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.